This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Russia launched renewed artillery fire on Ukraine's eastern cities, including Kharkiv, its second largest, where at least six people were killed. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky said on Sunday night that Russia conducted 34 airstrikes on the country since Saturday. A destroyed residential building in Chesavyar, a town in the Donetsk province, killed at least 30 people and left two dozen trapped under rubble. Twitter shares fell 7.8% in early trading, meaning the social media company could lose $2.2 billion in value when the American market opens. On Friday, Elon Musk, the world's richest man, said he would not proceed with a $44 billion takeover deal over a disagreement about data provided by Twitter on the number of fake accounts. A heated legal dispute is on the cards. Boris Johnson, Britain's prime minister, declined to endorse any of the 11 candidates vying to replace him, saying he did not want to, quote, damage anybody's chances. Nadim Zahawi, one of the candidates and the newly appointed chancellor of the Exchequer, pledged that if he was chosen, he would abolish a plan to raise corporation tax next year. A timetable for the leadership contest is expected on Monday evening. Klarna, a Swedish buy-now-pay-later platform, has seen its valuation drop to $6.7 billion in its latest funding round. Once the most valuable private fintech company in Europe, the payments unicorn grew rapidly to a value of $46 billion in June 2021, but has suffered from reduced consumer spending and broader economic troubles. The ruling coalition led by the Liberal Democratic Party increased its majority in Japan's upper house on Sunday's parliamentary elections, held two days after the assassination of Abe Shinzo, the former prime minister and leader of the LDP. The conservative bloc, which also has a two-thirds majority in the lower house, now has enough seats to attempt to amend the constitution so that it officially allows the country to maintain an army, a lifelong goal of Mr. Abe's. The office of Ranil Wickremesinghe, Sri Lanka's prime minister, said on Monday that it had received confirmation that Gotabaya Rajapaksa, the president, would be stepping down on July 13th as promised. Protesters who are currently occupying the presidential palace have expressed skepticism about whether he will really resign and say they plan to stay put until he does. They are angry about the country's financial crisis, rapid inflation and shortages of food and fuel. The Chinese region of Macau has closed its casinos on Monday for the first time in two years because of a rise in COVID-19 infections caused by the Omicron variant. Casino taxes, already dented by pandemic-related disruption to tourism, account for more than 80% of the local government's revenue. Eleven Chinese cities, home to 115 million people, are currently subject to lockdown restrictions. And fact of the day. 47 billion, the volume in cubic meters of gas Russia piped to Europe in June, a third of the level in early 2021. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. A full agenda for America and Mexico. President Joe Biden will receive his Mexican counterpart, Andres Manuel López Obrador, in the White House on Tuesday. 
the agenda is expansive. Topping it will be tackling inflation and economic headwinds. Two years after a new free trade agreement between America, Canada, and Mexico came into force, the two leaders are urgently seeking to boost investment and maintain supply chains. Security and the drugs trade will also be discussed, as manufacturing of fentanyl, a synthetic opioid frequently overdosed on in America, proliferates in Mexico. And the perennial topic of migration will return too. As crossing conditions for migrants have become ever more dangerous, Mr. López Obrador will make a plea for more visas. Last month, 53 migrants, about half of whom were Mexican, were found dead in the back of a lorry in Texas. It was the deadliest incident on record to date, but is unlikely to be the last. The Siren Call for January 6th Quote, be there will be wild. Donald Trump's tweet on December 19, 2020, inviting his followers to join a, quote, big protest being planned in Washington, D.C. to challenge the result of the presidential election Mr. Trump had just lost to Joe Biden. On January 6th, a mob stormed the Capitol building. On Tuesday, the House of Representatives Committee investigating the attack is meeting to discuss whether that tweet served as a, quote, siren call to far-right and militia groups, such as the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, who wanted to keep Mr. Trump in power. Many of those at the Capitol belonged to a broad anti-government coalition known as the, quote, Patriot Movement. The network is decentralized, but its affiliated groups share an affinity for conspiracy theories and a distrust of the federal government. Instances of political violence have declined since 2020, but as midterm elections approach in November, watchdogs worry that contested results could set off the extremists again. Donetsk's separatists open Moscow embassy. The Donetsk People's Republic provided the pretext Russia needed to invade Ukraine in February. The statelet in eastern Ukraine had declared independence in 2014 during the outbreak of war sparked by Russia's annexation of Crimea. But Russia only made its backing official on February 21st this year when it recognized Donetsk and neighboring Luhansk as independent and sent troops to the territories three days before it sent them into the rest of Ukraine. On Tuesday, the DPR will receive another badge of statehood from its patron as it opens its first embassy in Moscow. The opening ceremony will be attended by Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov. His office says the move shows Russia's solidarity with the, quote, young republic. It also sends a signal. The DPR sits within the Donbass region of Ukraine, the current focus of Russia's attacks where intense fighting will determine the course of the war. It's beginning to look a lot like Prime Day. Every year, Amazon, an online retailer, offers shoppers who have paid for its premium delivery service, Prime, heavy discounts on all sorts of items. Prime Day, which is actually two days and starts on Tuesday, may mean Christmas comes early. The company's performance has been rocky of late. A first-quarter loss in April prompted the worst sell-off of Amazon's shares since 2006 so a successful Prime Day would bring a needed boost. Last year's online extravaganza earned a record $11.2 billion in sales, with 65% generated in America. This year's event may attract even higher numbers as shoppers seek discounts amid rising inflation. 
Other retailers will watch Prime Day for clues of buyers' behavior. Many will snap up basics. 58% of American consumers surveyed on July 6th by Nielsen IQ, a data outfit, say they will seek out inexpensive household products. But another survey by Salesforce suggests that the drive for discounts could be so strong that many shoppers buy Christmas presents too. Glimpsing the Very First Stars On the ground, it was delayed, over budget, and at risk of being axed. Off the ground, things have been going very well indeed for the James Webb Space Telescope. The trip to its orbit was carried out so precisely that it saved enough fuel to perhaps double its lifetime. The deployment of its shields, mirrors, and instrumentation, flawless. And on Monday evening, its first full-color image will be revealed at the White House by NASA followed by a clutch more on Tuesday. A joint project between the space agencies of America, Canada, and Europe, the JWST provides astronomers with the most powerful tool yet to scan the cosmos in infrared frequencies, picking up the most distant objects. Given that to astronomers, distant also means longer ago in cosmic terms, the telescope will be able to spot signs of the cosmic dawn, the moment when the universe's first stars ignited. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Monday. Which 1950s singer who was partially deaf is mentioned in the lyrics of the song Come On Eileen by Dexie's Midnight Runners? Tuesday. Which member of the Monty Python group trained as a doctor? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Desiderius Erasmus, who died on this day in 1536. In the country of the blind... The one-eyed man is king. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.